What's going on, everybody? Welcome to an emergency red alert broadcast of the Thoughts Inside Our Head podcast. I nailed it this time, as opposed to last time. We have lots of things going on. Most importantly, there are some big NBA moves in the making. As you know, this podcast is meant to be about lots of different topics, but from its core, we are jazz fans deep down from the depths of our soul, and there are some lots of thing there are lots of things going on in particular today. So, with us on the phone on the podcast, of course, Kurt Pruitt. My name is Colby Berg, and we have a very special guest, Chase Flint, out in Los Angeles, California, and we are going to break down what exactly went on today, what we have to look forward to, and it's going to be a doozy because this is something we've been waiting for for a very, very long time. Kurt, how you doing? City of Utah, stand up! Mike Conley thinks Utah's a city, but Berg, I am so freaking excited right now. This is the biggest news we've maybe ever had in the franchise, at least since Darren Williams has been traded, but this time it's a good thing. I am so freaking stoked. Flint, what's up, dude? What's up, man? How are you, Kurt? What's good. Up, Berg? Dude, what's going on? How's L.A.? L.A.'s good. It's hot. It's nice. <laughs> it's a nice day. A little overcast, but it's a good day. Great Word day in the, the NBA world. Word on the street is you lost your car. Is that right? Today at the beach? All the streets looked the same. I couldn't find it. It was pissing me off. Lost I walked up and down the streets for like 20 minutes. That's news. That's new for me. I've never heard that one. Yeah, well, get outside of Utah and you'll, it'll happen to you. Okay, well, this is the deal. So, Chase, for those of you that don't know, uh, is a basketball player from his core of core. Uh, obviously grew up in Kaysville, Utah. Big jazz fan. He's hardcore. Um, as, as hardcore as anyone, really. And, uh, yeah, Chase and I, we talk every morning on the phone. As I drive into work and as he gets ready to uh, go to work and we chat about these things and we're excited to, uh, to bring him on the podcast and he has great insight. And so let's dive into it, guys. Um, this is the deal. The Utah Jazz have traded Jay Crowder, Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, the 23rd pick of the 2019 draft. For those of you that aren't counting, that's tomorrow as well as a 2020 first-round pick, which has some protections, might be conveyed to 2021, or it's lightly protected from 2022 to 2024. So who the heck knows what that's going to be. That's what went on. Obviously, I took the day off work today because I thought something might happen. I thought some other stuff was going to go down too. I had to get a haircut and all the other junk. But when this news broke, my heart basically exploded. We've been waiting for this for a long time. It's been pretty much waiting in the wings since last February, the trade deadline last year, and here we are. We picked up Mike Conley for those players I just mentioned. Kurt, what are you thinking? Well, right off the bat, obviously, I'm elated. I am excited. I am refreshed. I feel validated for cheering this team on. We have always said uh, within our group texts and conversations, and Dennis, we trust, and it, it worked out in a big way today. Um I had myself convinced that out of the three potential acquisitions, uh, the other two being uh, Tobias Harris and D'Lo, that this was my favorite one. I know there's a lot of, I guess, concerns about Conley's age right now, but I checked out Basketball Reference to kind of get a numbers outlook on that, and he hasn't really begun to slow down at all. Actually, it's quite the opposite. Last year was his best year so far. Uh, 21.1 points per game with 
44, 37, and 85 shooting splits. About six and a half assists, one and a half steals. And this is what I love about Conley is that his career turnovers at games at two. That's super low for someone that has such a ball-dominant type. You know, he's the playmaker. He always has the ball in his hand. He only turns over the ball twice a game. He had a career high. Bit of a high. contrast from Rubio. Side oh, a, little, a little bit. Um, a career high effective field goal percentage. So, I mean, if we dive into the numbers a little bit deeper, he had a really good year last year. I think he's even going to be better because Conley's kind of been in the same situation as Donovan has his first two years. There hasn't been shooters on the court to help him spread the floor that much. Uh, he's going to love it here in Utah. Uh, yeah, that's that's my initial reaction. I'm very excited. I feel like we got the better end of this trade. I know a lot of people are sad about some of the players we lost. Um, people are worried about losing shooting, but I promise you, Corver's numbers weren't as good as his career last year. He started to age, started to show signs of that aging. Uh, Crowder was very feast or famine in surprisingly a large degree that a player maybe of his caliber shouldn't affect the game that much with the shots. Uh, Grayson being gone. I saw a few tweets where people were saying Grayson's going to turn into a player. Just stop. That's stupid. I mean, he could turn into a player, but you're willing to bet the hypothetical against someone you know is the real deal. That's a very dumb thing to do. People just stop with that. Uh, before I stop my rant right now, I got to give a shout out to Mark Kaiser, who might be on suicide watch right now. The biggest boss man supporter I ever met. Uh, rocked his jersey. Mark, I promise you'll get through this. Max Young as well. Shout out to you. I know you love I know you love Crowder, but I promise we'll get through this. We are contenders. It feels real. Uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. Chase, Berg. Give me your takes. We're contenders, man. I mean, we, we just picked up a great player, not not just on the defensive side, but he's going to allow Donnie to do his thing offensively. He spaces the floor, but more than that, he's a creator. I mean, he's going to be able to get to the basket. He's going to get others involved. His eight, 32 is not old in the basketball world. 34, we'll see in two years. When it, I mean, that's fine. They talk about his contract being bad. I mean, the Jazz, we weren't going to get anyone else, realistically. Right. That contract, whatever. I mean, if he can provide wins, we the Jazz got to win now. While Rudy Gobert is in his prime, Donnie's on a low contract right now. Uh, we got great. We got a great team. And with Conley on our team, I mean, it allows our players to be so much better on both ends of the court. Um, and I think the trade, I think uh, if I had to grade the trade, the Jazz got an A. And I think Memphis. I think Memphis got short. Got the short end of the straw, man. Uh, Jay Crowder is a great player. Whatever. Uh, high volume shooter, high energy on defense, but couldn't create his own shot. Only played defense occasionally. I think it's a big win for the Jazz. Chase, where would you rank the before this all went down? Obviously, over the last two to three weeks, um, there's been a lot. Just like Kurt mentioned. We had, there's a lot of potential options. There's a lot of talk about Kemba. There's a lot of talk about Tobias. Um, some other talk about D'Angelo, again, like Kurt said. Where would you have ranked Conley in your eyes as far as who you were hoping the Jazz realistically would be able to pick up? Well, I thought there was only two. I mean, looking at the Jazz and looking, I mean, it's the Jazz. Right? I mean, a lot of mid-market teams, not a lot of people want to come to Utah to play, you know. But the two guys that I really wanted, I, I really wanted Drew Holiday, but I figured if we were going to give him, get him, we'd have to give up a lot. And the other one was Mike Conley. I, I didn't think we had a chance at D'Lo. And even if we did, we were going to have to max him out, which I think in two years, I think it's two years we're going to have to pay Donnie, right? Am I right? Uh, yeah. 
Berg. That's right, right. Yeah, and then Rudy's going to be up for a contract extension. So anyway, I, I had Drew Holiday as my number one, and then Mike Conley as the number two. And ultimately looking at it, for what we got, what we gave up to get Conley, I mean, this is amazing. What we did was great. I mean, yeah, gosh, it feels, this is awesome. It feels crazy to say that we can, we are legitimate NBA Finals contenders. Now, granted, there's still a lot that has to be settled. The the free agency musical chairs is basically what it feels like. You know, obviously the the Lakers essentially had to find <laughs> Anthony Davis was the soul stone. They had to basically sell their souls to get Anthony Davis. And there's still some potential things that could go that could go down there. We don't exactly know how that's going to turn out. There's some rumors about this and that. I don't necessarily trust the Lakers. Obviously, their organization is an absolute dumpster fire, and they make pretty terrible decisions and pretty much had to mortgage their entire future to pick up Anthony Davis. We'll go into that in a little bit. But, I mean, aside from that, again, lots of things have to happen. Who knows if Al Horford comes this way or Kawhi comes this way, and that changes things. But no matter really what happens, the Jazz are legitimate contenders, and that is so much fun. And we haven't actually had this feeling in so long. And, I mean... Over the last couple days, I've been on Twitter more than, honestly, it's probably embarrassing to admit. I know I'll get the statistics from my iPhone every Sunday, and it's going to tell me how much I was on my phone this week. And uh, I'm on it a lot anyway, but this was insane. I could not stop refreshing my phone in the anticipation that we'd pull off the Conley deal. Now, we didn't end up having to include favors in the deal. And that was something that was almost a foregone conclusion over the past few weeks, that we'd have to lose favors. So now, where does... Favors fit. Obviously, he's probably our fourth best player, which is an awesome thing to say. Is Are we going to pick up his option and maybe trade him for some shooting on the wing side of things or from the four? Are we going to keep him? What do you guys think? Um, I've been on the record multiple times saying Derek Favors is a top five jazz man for me. So obviously, I want to keep him. Whether or not uh, we sign and trade, I don't, I don't know if that happens. I think we do have that mid-level exemption that's like four point. I want to say four point eight million dollars off the top of my head. It's going through a list of potential players that we could find. That's kind of that stretch fourth, maybe a three and D guy. A few come to mind. Uh, we might be able to convince someone like say like Jeff Green to come over. I don't know. No, maybe... no, no. <laughs> Why not, Flint? He's terrible. Where, where has he been good at? Flint, here's the thing. He doesn't need to do anything but shoot. Who has he made better? He doesn't need to do anything but shoot. He's been in situations where they expected him to be the third guy. Or This is like, he's the he's the eighth guy on the team. That's great. He's great as an eighth man on the team. No, he's the, great as the he's the greatest as the twelfth man on the team. What about Tolliver? We can get Tolliver for cheap. He shoots. He's like 44% from three. Yeah, but... As a good stretch four man, I mean that's not bad, but he's not better in favors. Yeah, that's, I'm not saying these are these are situations to keep favors. Okay, keep going. Um, let's see who else could we get. Uh, I don't know what's a reza is a reza under contract anywhere. No, he should be a free agent. Could we get him? You think for that cheap? He's older now. Yeah, he made a lot of money last season. Yeah, but that was last season. He was garbage. We're talking like I don't know. I think there are options there. I'll have to dig in and find a list. Maybe I can do that, do some well, research. With this, but... trade, with this trade, your list just got a lot bigger, by the way. What do you mean? Well, getting a good a player like – because, I mean, ultimately this podcast is about Conley. By getting Conley, we have another player that can create his own shot. 
Right. Which makes the game easier for Donnie, which makes the game easier for Rudy, which makes the game easier for Ingles. The game is easier for the Jazz, right? When the game becomes easier, you better players want to come. If they're, if you're a 3 and D guy, if you're a Trevor Ariza type of guy that you catch and you shoot from the corner and you're good at it, you want to come and play in a system where you got playmakers that are going to get you the ball that, where you can shoot open threes. Okay. Well, Flint, let me give you a list of guys. Let me give you a list of guys, and you choose who you want. Uh, Andy Larson actually tweeted out, I just found this, I tweeted out a good list of dudes that could be potential uh, mid-level exception type, you know, contract level value, I guess, players. Shout out to Berg for the first one on his list is the junkyard dog himself, Damari Carroll. He has Wilson Chandler. Swag Daddy Sr., let's go. <laughs> Jared Dudley, Jamichael Green, Anthony Tolliver, uh, Mike Scott, Dante Cunningham, Jeff Green, and Noah Vonley. Out of those guys, like, and let, let, remember, like, we still have Georgie. We all float down here, Georgie. Uh, we still have him. It seems like the Jazz are investing. The, you know, they believe in Georgie to at least be able to come off the bench and give a solid 25 minutes a game. We have him still as an option on our roster right now. The blueprint for the league, it seems like, uh, at least what Toronto proved, is you need seven or eight legitimate guys and then other people just to come in when needed. So this is kind of a potential come off the bench, play some defense, knock down some threes, guys. Out of those, Out of those names, who do you want? Who do I want? Or or we could maybe convince Tabo to take a little bit less money. That's something also that's up in the air. Not saying we should go with him, but that's that's an option. Okay. Yeah. Uh, me personally, Tolliver's probably the best option because out of those guys, he's the only one that hits shots. Yeah. Hero! Shout out Barnes. He's a hero player. Okay, go on. Yeah, I, I, he's a solid player. But my thing is if players like Anthony Tolliver, like he's a great player, he's a great shooter but he can't be finishing games for us. You know what I mean? If he's if he's our fifth best player, that's probably not a good thing, right? Do you think he comes in and he's our fifth best player? Like, I don't know. Like, we still... No, no, no. Fifth best player on the floor is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. No, I agree with that. If uh, he's our fifth best player on the floor, that that's fine. But, so, I mean, someone like an Anthony Tolliver coming and playing and as the stretch for, I mean, how many minutes? What is he going to get? Six, 12 to 16 minutes a game? Because ultimately, what we got, we're gonna have to find someone to replace Bossman's minutes. Realistically, where we're sitting at Flint, do you think we're one minor piece away right. from like a championship, or do you think like what we have right now, we're good enough to make a run at it, and that's just icing on the cake? We're not good enough now. Okay. Think about it, why are we contenders? You guys can answer this. I mean, why are we contenders? Yes, we got Conley, but KD got hurt, and Clay got hurt. The best team in the West. The Rockets are in a mess. Those were the, I mean, Nuggets were really good. Portland's really good. The West is really good. But the two top dogs are hurt or, or messed up right now. Because of that, and we just picked up Conley, it makes us contenders in the West. The East is the East. They're going to be the top four teams in the East are good. But we're contenders because the other teams aren't as good now. The top two dogs, right? Right. So, I mean, if we get one more minor piece, I don't exactly know who it would be or the money situation or what they do with Faves. I mean, Faves, I, I kind of liked his role last year when he'd come in and he's starting, not starting, and then doing that backup big role to Drudy when he comes in at the four-minute mark and then goes out at the eight, and then depending how the game's going, he comes in or out, right? Right. Well, how the game's being played now, I mean, we if we found a 6-8 wing, we could play realistically – you know, Bossman played the four, but 
Bossman's essentially a three, right? Just because he's strong, he can get away with that four roll. I mean, it's the same as the P.J. Tucker roll. If we found someone like a P.J. Tucker that can hit threes, play D, and rebound, like, that's perfectly fine. We don't need a 6'10 guy to play the four spot. We, we need someone that can hit shots and play D. Yeah. Cole, you're more of the contract guy. Like, what realistically are our options? I mean, it, it depends on, on what we do with favors. And, and it sounds like, given the fact that we've been really against dangling Exum in any sort of deal, you know, Exum is, I mean, he, we're paying him $9.8 million a year. So we're going to keep a hold of him. If we don't pick up favors and trade him or let him walk, we're basically dealing with, you know, close to maybe just over $5 million, um, the, the mid-level exception, just like you mentioned. And so, really, I mean, I don't. I think Ariza would be awesome. I don't know if we could get Ariza to come here. I think Chase hit the nail on the head. You know, now all of a sudden, because we are a contender, we can actually potentially lure somebody to, you know, or we can be more of an attractive option for a free agent like somebody like Trevor Ariza, who's moving on towards the twilight years of his career, uh, but still is very effective, can shoot, can stretch the floor. You know, I would love, I would love for Derek to be able to shoot like 33% from three, from that corner three. I just don't think it's happening anymore. Um, I would love to be surprised by that. I'm always, I'm a believer in, in the three for Derek, but uh, I'm slowly losing a little bit of faith. Yeah. But yeah, if we could find, if we could find a three or a four um, that fits alongside Derek, because again, he's great insurance as a backup center favors is. He's kind of, in, in a way, a part of the heart and soul of this team. Um, obviously, Conley from everything that's been spoken about Conley from reporters there, they say he's literally the most upstanding, good human being on the planet and everybody loves playing with him. And so now that, you know, it'll be interesting to see the shockwaves around the free agency market and, and what other players all of a sudden become interested now that Conley's available. So I think, you know, towards the, obviously June 30th is at like 6 p.m. I think is when free agents can start determining their destinations. And so the first dominoes will fall, guys like Kawhi, KD, um, Kyrie, and those decisions will be made. And then over the next few days through July 7th is when, you know, we might be able to make a little bit of a splash. On July 7th, Favors' contract becomes guaranteed, and yeah. that's when we have to, uh, you know, make a decision before then. Yeah, I, I'm personally really interested in what KD decides to do. He has the player option, I think. Is that right? Yeah, for $31 million, I think. Yeah, so he has a decision to make. Uh, obviously everyone believes KD will come back and be a top five player. Um, but he has a decision to opt out this year or just take that 31 million and rehab in the Bay. I wonder what he does there. Have we heard anything on that? Like, is there any news around him opting out or anything? If I was, if I was taking a tally of what the opinions were across the NBA, as far as national writers and, and other things, it look, I'd say more people are leaning towards him opting out and then signing a long-term deal, either with the Warriors or somewhere else. Uh Um, Chase, if you were KD, what would you do? Um, I mean, he's going to get the max this year or next year. So, I mean, if I'm him, I'm going to chill. I mean, I don't know, man. Depends. I, I, if I was him, I'd stay at the Warriors one year. But if he does that, he kind of holds them their, them hostage, right? Right. So I don't know. We would want we would want him to opt in, I think, and have them carry that thirty one million dollars on their cap. Oh yeah. Well, they're gonna offer Clay the max. They have yeah. to. They're gonna offer KD the max too. They they want to offer him the max. 
Yeah, I, I guess I don't know. I think that's something that for not this next year, obviously he's out all year, but for the the years to come, that has you know a lot of weight. It's just at this point, I don't really have an opinion on it. I just kind of want to see how that plays out. Yeah, uh, I almost just just for the sake of it's rumored, obviously that Kyrie wants to play with KD. And so if KD were to sign with Brooklyn, that increases the likelihood of Kyrie going to Brooklyn and keeping him away from the Lakers. Obviously, you know, the Lakers are turning into something that could be a little scary. I'm on the record and forever will stay on the record that I absolutely hate the Lakers. And I (laughs) think their front office, like I mentioned earlier, is absolute garbage. And I feel like they're going to find a way to screw this up somehow by signing a bunch of players that don't fit around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And we know LeBron's not invincible anymore. Anthony Davis isn't necessarily made of adamantium either. Seems to get injured um, a decent amount. And so, you know, I think by adding Kyrie to, I mean, that obviously makes them the obvious favorite in the Western Conference and probably overall. Um, So if anything, KD signing somewhere East and and keeping players further East might be a, a potential better option but you know for now who knows right so we're all in agreement that we're a minor piece away from not only being contenders in the west but being a true contender for the title this year which is something i think jazz fans should be absolutely i i don't remember even like i was too young to really remember the hype around the 90s jazz teams it was just kind of the jazz were there and they were really really good I think we should be as excited as we've ever been in our adult lives for this team. Uh, next year is it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Uh, Flint Berg, what are your expectations at? Is it kind of like a top three in the West, or are you guys like title or bust? Where are your heads at as just Jazz fans? Honestly, title or bust. That's our hearts have always been set on the title. We were so close in '98, and I think that's why a lot of us, obviously being from Utah, but being super young, I remember watching Stockton hit the shot live, and I remember feeling the dread enter my body when I realized that we had to play MJ. You know, I was, what, eight years old? We were eight years old, all of us were. And obviously, we we, we got taken down by MJ, MJ twice in a row. And ever since then, even during the D-Will days, I always knew we were good, but the Spurs and the Lakers were always kind of the the big dog that was the favorite, and we didn't really have a whole lot of – I mean, we, we always believed, we always hoped – but they were fun teams to cheer for, but we always knew in the back of our minds that they were more than likely going to be the ones to take it all. But now I feel like we're in a really good position given the fact, you know, with the injuries from all around and a lot of the, the free agents kind of spacing themselves out a little bit, that this is our chance to legitimately contend for the finals. And I don't want to say what's going to be a disappointment and what's not. Obviously, you know, getting eliminated in the first or second round would be a pretty severe disappointment. I, I would expect to, I would hope to make the conference or yeah, make the conference finals, win those and, and give us a shot at the finals. Anything can happen. I don't know if anybody out there listening, if you're religious or have some sort of faith, but knock whatever you got to do, pray to the injury gods, knock on all the wood. It doesn't matter. Just whatever it is, just do it. We need a healthy team. And with a healthy team, I think we have a legitimate shot to win it all. Yeah. I mean, I think we're one piece away. I think we, I, I mean, Toronto had the blueprint, right? I mean, they went all in. They gave away the franchise player for a one-year deal for Kawhi. Obviously, it paid off big time. I hope we do something big. I hope we go after someone 
someone big. I mean, I think the biggest name we could possibly get now with, you know, getting rid of players, whatever it is, is someone like a Tobias Harris. And uh, he does make us better. But, I mean, I hope we don't just milk it and try to do try to win it with the team we got now because, I mean, it's good being good every year, being the 4-5 or five seed. You know, first, second round is great, but it would be great for a year or two to actually compete and feel like we have a chance to to win it all, you know? I mean, why we got, why we got some good players in their primes. I mean, who knows when the Jazz are going to ever have this again. I think they need to uh, – I hope they make a big, another big splash in free agency. Right, and to, uh, to add on to what I was saying, I, I'm expecting us to make another move. I don't think the team is currently constituted either is, is quite enough to seal the deal. I mean, maybe it could, but uh, I expect us to make some other move to uh, really solidify the fact that we'll be contenders, and I'm counting on that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see where we go. Um, so I have a question for the group. I want to run down a little bit. So the question, just to you know, let you guys know where I'm going at, I want to know who you think on the Jazz currently benefited most from acquiring Conley. So the way I see it is we can break this down player by player. Uh, let's start with Donovan. So Donovan really benefits from getting Conley because, you know, like we've said earlier, or Chase, you really brushed on this, uh, the scoring load and creating shots for himself has kind of been cut in half, really. Uh, he can move more without the ball. Uh, he's going to really be the only, or he's not the only person that other teams are game planning for. Uh, anything else you guys want to add to that on Donovan's case? Oh, it, sh- it should make the game easier, man. Playing with playing with someone, playing with better players, is just, it makes the game easier. Yeah. And Conley seemed like he's. I mean, he's been he's been in big games. He knows how to play. So he won't be scared of the moment when it happens. Yeah, I, that's 100% true. Uh, he has a track record of the grit and grind teams that made the playoffs like seven years in a row. He was the top two guy, one of the top two guys on that team. Uh, he's been to the playoffs plenty of times. Uh, Joe Ingles' case is he no longer has to be the playmaker all times when he's on the floor, really. He can get back to spacing the floor by just catching and shooting, being that assassin in the corner that we knew and loved uh, two years ago. Derek Favors, I think, has an interesting case. One, because he's on the team as of right now. Uh, I think it's really interesting because now we have multiple people on the floor with Derek that can run the pick and roll. And the pick and pop of him kind of at that 17, 16 feet comes back into play big time because Conley has that ability to get to the rim off the pick. Uh, Conley actually is like in the top 90th percentile or something like that in efficiency and guards in the pick and roll, which is really exciting for Derek. Let's go to Rudy's case. Uh, I think we'll stick with defense because that's really, I mean, the lobs and stuff like that. Uh, Rudy's really good at three feet, but other than that, there's not much to his game. Hopefully he adds to that. But defensively, I think as a core unit, we have maybe the best starting five defensive team in the league now. Chase, you can really speak on this. You did just a minute ago. Uh, you played basketball at a high level. What's it like to have an entire squad that can play defense versus having that hole on defense? or You, you know what I mean? Uh, well, it helps your offensive game too, right? I mean, getting stops, getting consecutive stops makes the game on the offensive, offensive side of the ball easier because it puts so much uh, pressure on the other team. And I think Conley playing at that high level, I mean, ultimately he can score the freaking ball. That's what's going to change stuff. But he's a great defender. And by him doing that, by us having a great defense, 
it's going to put so much pressure on the other team to score. And when it does that, I mean, it just makes the game so much easier for us and so much harder for them. I mean, the, the, Jazz's, Jazz, the Jazz's Achilles heel the last couple of years has been what? We don't have enough scoring on the floor, right? Right, totally. Yeah, I mean, our team, our team has been great defensively always, but we can't score the ball. Now all of a sudden we got another playmaker. I'm not saying this solves all our problems, but we got a guy that on a, on any, on a good night is going to get you, you know, 15 to 25 points a night. You know, and that's going to really open things up for us. Cole, who do you think's winning this with Conley joining the team? Um, I, I, to kind of further emphasize the fact, I think Donovan is, the, is a real, real, big, uh, real big benefactor to this deal. Ultimately, I mean, just like Chase said, it, it's always been on him to get a bucket. And we saw in the playoffs where, you know, when Houston game planned for Donovan, it was just really, really hard for him to be efficient because – he couldn't kick out. I mean, he could kick out to Ingles, who was probably beaten down. Like, he's not an athlete. He's not athletic enough to be a playmaker and a shooter and do all the things he had to do within his role last year. And so Ingles was beaten down. He couldn't really shoot that well. Obviously, we couldn't trust Ricky to hit any big shots. And so really, Donovan and, and Kyle was even beat down, too. So when you think of Donovan penetrating in the playoffs, the whole defense could collapse on him because he couldn't kick it to anybody because there's no trust there. And so now... You know, Donovan being able to break the paint, and obviously, again, Joe's load will be less, like you mentioned, so he'll be able to shoot, and uh, that'll be huge. Um, obviously, Conley's going to be able to shoot it. Hopefully, the stretch four that we end up with as well is also going to be able to shoot it a little bit. I assume that's a pretty high priority. And so now, all of a sudden, we actually have three, potentially aside from Donovan, three other three-point shooting threats on the floor, which opens up the paint, allows Donnie to work his magic under there. And then, you know, of course... As crazy as this sounds, the trade also is going to make Conley better. Because who has Conley had to work with in the past? I mean, you think, yeah, he had some good years with Mark Gasol. He had some years with OJ Mayo, who now he's like, I saw some picture of him like hunting in Africa on like some Serengeti like spear exploration. Like the dude hasn't really had any big name guys to work off of. And he's all, he's had a ton of success. And so I think coming to our team, Conley's going to benefit, and we could I, I would expect to see him even get better. A um, lot less load on him because Donovan's young and can do his thing. So Conley, as a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, I want to say he's 39.8%. And so <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, we, it could be surprising, but Conley might be one of the bigger benefactors of, uh, of this deal. Yeah, he's really excited to join the city of Utah. <laughs> it's funny because Donovan called out somebody last week for uh, for calling Utah a city, and uh, and like it got a ton of press or whatever. And then of course, uh, you know, Conley tweets out the city thing, and you know, Donnie gave him a hard time, but gave him a big fat welcome. So I know Chase hates this type of thing, but I do want to give a shout out to Jay. Want to give a shout out to Ricky. You know, their passion and dedication and everything that they gave towards our team. Um, you know, we had some really fun years with them and it's kind of tough to see them go, but honestly, not really. They're going to end up in situations where they'll thrive, I'm sure. And, uh, we're in a better place. So uh, shouts to them, appreciate everything they did. And, uh, you know, right now we're in a, a much better situation. Yeah. Um, definitely want to give a shout out to those guys who kind of gave their all for the past two years. I know Carl definitely has no love lost with Ricky leaving, but (laughs) (laughs) um, I mean, Ricky gave us some good moments two years ago in the playoffs and some really bad moments this year, but 
it is what it is. He got us, those two guys really got us through some dark times uh, where we were transitioning after Gordon left and we really didn't know what we were going to be. They came into a situation and, you know, really gave this this franchise some hope in what could have been dark ages. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have a bigger factor into that. Uh, I want to really also shout out how great this makes the Jazz's front office look. Uh, Chase, you pointed out that you feel like the Jazz got an A on this trade and really kind of, you know, got away with murder in a way. Um, I really think how how they made this trade happen without having to get rid of favors really is really impressive. Um, we have one of the best Rand franchises in the league, I think. Imagine being like a Suns fan or even a Lakers fan. Like, yeah, you got AD, but, you know, just the just the dumpster fire that those organizations constantly are. I'm really grateful to be, you know, a fan of this team and a fan of this organization. Um, anyone have any other thoughts that we want to get into right now about Conley? I, there's just so much excitement going on right now all over Jazz Twitter. Uh, anyone want to point out anything that we haven't really gone over yet? We, I'd like to point out people are going to talk about how he's old and it's a bad contract. Um, jazz fans need to understand we weren't going to get anyone better for a much cheaper price. The going rate for a great point guard is maybe not this high, but it's pretty, it's, it's pretty close to us and it'd be more years. We're going to get him for two years it's a lot of money, but it's it's worth it because we were not going to get a better player for this deal. And people need to understand that. Amen. And to, to kind of piggyback off that, you know, there are a lot of people saying, oh, well, we could have gotten D'Angelo. Oh, well, we could have offered Chris Middleton who opted out of his contract today. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's the thing is they're, they're free agents that, I mean, there's always the possibility of maybe getting them, but – Honestly, if you look yourself in the mirror, that we're not getting them. And if we were to offer them, then we lose favors. And if they don't sign here, then we've lost favors. We don't have a point guard, and we're worse instead of better. And so this trade makes us significantly better and was by far the through-and-through best option. Go ahead. It brings excitement to the Jazz again, right? I mean, this is, this is one of the funnest things we've had happen to us in a few years. I mean, Has there been – I mean, I know Conley hasn't been an all-star in his career, but, I mean, getting a good player who averaged 20, what, averaged 20-something points last year? I mean, great defender. I mean, Utah, we don't get players like this. I mean, and for what we gave up, like, come on, this is a steal. This is the biggest move since we've been alive, isn't it? Uh, I'd say Boozer was bigger. Okay, Boozer. Maybe drafting D-Will was like, obviously there was a ton of hype around that, and then we were young. But trading for Hornacek. We just don't get but. players. And also, did, do you guys did, didn't Conley say last year he didn't want to come to Utah? Was that true or? It, no, it was not true. He uh, th- there was some rumor that came out right off the bat that he he wanted to like stay in the east, like stay east or go east or something. But uh, he came out immediately and said he wants to play for a team that has a chance to contend, whether it's in the west or the east, and and so that was all uh, all false. Yeah, so. Yeah, I think uh, that I think that covers the the Conley aspect of this. I mean, again, we're on the verge of being legitimate contenders. A couple more, obviously, we're still still young here in the uh, in the off season. Lots of time to make a couple more moves to tighten up the screws and really fortify the roster. So, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll definitely keep everybody updated as as far as that's concerned. So stay tuned. 
Um, do we want to touch lightly on, I know we've already done it kind of throughout the podcast, but do we want to talk a little bit about uh, the recent free agent rumors uh, across the board, or do we want to save that for another day? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we can brush a little bit on AD going to LA. We went into a little bit this podcast. Um, obviously, it's a huge thing that happened. To you guys, I I don't know why. I don't really fear them right now with as that team stands. Somehow Vegas thinks they're four to one to win the entire championship next year. I don't know, like where they stand with just those two players and then a, a bunch of you know. They have Kuzma as their third guy, but is Kuzma legitimately a third guy? Like, where, where, where? I guess should we fear where LA's at right now, or should we be a little bit more scared about, say, someone like the Warriors or the dumpster fire that is the Houston Rockets right now? I mean, Lakers are going to get better, man. They're going to get someone. They're they're going to get one more name, and then when you get big names, I mean, people want to come, right? Yeah. Chase, what was the reaction in LA? Oh, they went nuts. I mean, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Did it drive you insane as a Jazz fan? I know how you feel about no, those I don't, sick I don't, fans. I mean, I don't care. I mean, it's good for them. They, they they had to sell. They sold everything they've, built and they've been building for the last five years to get him. I'm telling you, they had to they had to pull out the Soul Stone. And if you don't know what the Soul Stone is, you guys got to watch Avengers and figure it out, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, the Kurt, what, I mean, to answer your question, when you get good players like we just got, like other players, little older players that are trying to get another contract, try, players that are trying to get player, like playing time, they want to come because they want to show that they can contribute to a, a championship contending team. And the Lakers, by getting, just by having LeBron and AD, good players are going to want to come. Right. That makes sense. Totally. I I totally agree with that. It really depends on what way they go. They can either move some stuff around and try and get another like close to max player, or they can get a few 3 and D guys, which I personally think is probably the better option. Um, I don't know. From, I don't... from a big name? Oh, go ahead, Kurt. No, go ahead, Berg. I was going to say, from a big name perspective, rumors right now are, are potential options as the third guy. There's Jimmy Butler. Jimmy There's... Butler's uh, in talks with the Rockets right now, I just heard. Okay, I haven't refreshed Twitter yet, so that's who knows there. The Lakers are going after Kawhi, which no way. yeah, yeah. Well, apparently his family wants him to go there, but whatever. I mean, my family probably wants me to be married, and I still have agency, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, single. He's single. Like, just so you know, he lifts a lot. Uh, yeah. On that note, um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, they're gonna after Al Horford potentially after Kyrie. Um, and after Kemba, I don't know who ends up there, if any of them do. Um, obviously, those players have other teams that are after him as well, just like Chase mentioned. Who knows uh, if the Rockets end up with Jimmy. Anyway, there's lots of stuff up in the air. We'll see how it all falls. But like I say, the Jazz got significantly better in a major way today. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited. Everyone should be – every anyone that's a Jazz fan that listens to this, which I would expect our audience to be because it's probably just our friends and family that listen – we should be as excited as we as we've ever been as a fan base to actually make a run at something more than a Western Conference Finals. You know, like we have a legitimate shot here. Be excited. Yeah, I agree, Kurt. Uh, it's a fun time. I'm excited for the draft. Draft will be a good time. 
Why are you excited for the draft? We don't have a pick. Well, the draft ultimately, this, I mean, a lot of the draft, like, besides free agency, besides this, because people are going to use these picks as leverage, right? Like, the, there's no way uh, New Orleans uses the, what did they get, the one and the four? Like, what do they need the one and the four for? Yeah. Like, it's going to be interesting to see how people, teams leverage these picks to get good players or make moves or... Yeah. Well, I guess this draft is widely regarded as about a four-player draft, so it's going to be interesting how people use these assets. You're right. Uh, free agency hasn't started, or, well, it's about to start, but I think as it stands, we're in a really good shape. Interested to see what L.A. does. Interested to see what the other L.A. team does in the Clippers. They have room for two max players. Um, man, what a, what a crazy day. Like, I feel like I'll always remember where I was when I found out the news about this trade. Uh, I was, what did you say when you heard the news? Uh, well, okay, I'll give you the story. So I was sitting at my desk at work, and I've had my Twitter no- notification set onto anyone that would break the news. And I went to look at what time it was on my phone, and right when I grabbed my phone, as destiny would have it, Shams broke the n- – I mean, shout, shout out Shams, man. He beat Woj to this by like 20 seconds. And it came out that, you know, we made the trade. And my hand started shaking, and I immediately went to the group text that me and Berg are in with Carl and Tom and just started dropping all sorts of choice words. Um, it, was, it was insane. Like, my mind, my mind exploded. Berg, give me your story. <laughs> so I took the day off from work. Like I said, I had to go to the dentist, had to do a couple other random things, and I knew that today was going to be hectic as it was. I couldn't concentrate at work the last three days anyway because all I was doing was refreshing Twitter, hoping for some sort of lodge bomb. And so I was – I had literally – and maybe going back to a bit what Chase said, I was taking, I had just taken pre-workout and I was just filling up my water bottle to head over to the gym and I just saw the news on Chris Middleton and so I was reading up on that to see if there was anybody gonna, that was going to go after him, just kind of taking in the details there and I have my notification set to notify me of Shams or Watch tweets too and I literally had Twitter open reading the story, Watch's story and then Kurt starts blowing up the phone and I look and he says, oh no, Shams. And I hurry and fly over there and I see the announcement and um, I joined joined the group message immediately and uh, tweeted or texted some funny stuff. And then I called Chase immediately and uh, we, we talked about it for a second and said we had to get a podcast because it's, it was honestly pure elation. I can't put it into words. I Way too much of my happiness is based and founded with the Jazz. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't have a lot of other bad things going on in life, so when the Jazz lose, it sucks, but that's really the only thing that makes me sad sometimes, which is a good thing, I think. And uh, this is a long-awaited transaction, and sheer 100% elation and happiness is, is how I felt. And uh, Chase, how did you find out? Uh, I was at the beach uh, watching Betsy practice. And I get a call from you, and you said we made a trade for Mike Conley. And my, I didn't have very good service. I had, like, one bar, so I couldn't go online and look. I could barely hear you. And then uh, <laughs> I said, who we trade for? And then you said guess, and I started throwing all these packages together, and I couldn't. I wasn't even close. And when I found out we didn't have to get rid of Ingles, we didn't have to get rid of Favors, we didn't have to get rid of Royce, we didn't have to – I mean, any of our – Besides Jay. Let's go! Woohoo! Oh, it's great. Go, Jazz. We need to edit that part out. <laughs> no, that's great. It's pure emotion here. This is this is, this is jazz blood, jazz through, and blood through. through and through. Jazz 
blood. We just gotta we gotta fast forward. We gotta pick up one more player or a couple players and then fast forward to October because I'm ready to start lighting this freaking league on fire. Let's go! Let's go! Good stuff. Oh my gosh. I, I, we have to wait till October? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh my gosh. First of all, I want to say this. If you're still listening, thank you for listening. Over the last week, uh, we had lots of great feedback from everybody for the last two episodes. Like I mentioned, uh, we appreciate any feedback, any comments. Um, we'll start involving everybody's comments on the podcast. So if you have questions or or hate or whatever you want to send our way, um, we're dead serious. We're going to start uh, taking on questions and, and things that people out there have to say. Everybody that's listened, we've got a, a great reception so far and, and look to continue it. Of course, as the Jazz keep doing these things, the podcast will be primarily basketball and jazz related. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into other things like always. But until then, again, thanks for listening. Hope everybody has a great next couple of your days. Shout out to Carson Morley getting married in two days. Chase is coming down here to come to hang out. He'll be a married man. And, uh, yeah, we'll go till then. Thanks, everybody. Let's go, Jazz! Woo!